Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. So inshallah ta'ala tonight, I wanted to talk about um, really one of the most beautiful narrations that you find that narrate the Prophet Sallallahu giving special advice to one of his companions, especially when the Prophet Sallallahu is talking to one of the younger companions, someone like Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu or Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma or others. They're really special ahadith. They contain many treasures and the nature of the delivery also uh, is a lesson in and of itself. Now, this narration that I'm going to share, uh, which is narrated in a tirmidhi a tirmidhi grades it as a hasan hadith, um, as, as a good hadith, uh, but there are some problems with the chain of narration. However, the lesson uh, beyond the weakness that might be in the chain of narration, the lesson from this is really a powerful uh, lesson that Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu is reported to have said, قَالَ لِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ That the Messenger of Allah صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ said to me, يَا بُنَيَّ إِنْ قَدَرْتَ أَنْ تُصْبِحَ وَتُمْسِيَ لَيْسَ فِي قَلْبِكَ غِشٌ لِأَحَدْ فَفْعَلْ ثُمَّ قَالَ لِي يَا بُنَيَّ وَذَلِكَ مِنْ سُنَّتِي وَمَنْ أَحْيَا سُنَّتِي فَقَدْ أَحَبَّنِي وَمَنْ أَحَبَّنِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ He says that the Prophet said to me, O oh my son, if you are capable. So again, just the nature of the delivery that this is the Prophet giving heartfelt advice to Anas ibn Malik who he raised in his own home. O oh my son, if you are capable of waking up in the morning and ending the evening, without any hatred in your heart for anyone, then do so. So he's telling Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, oh my dear son, look at how you wake up in the morning and look at how you sleep at night. If you can do so, removing all grudges from your heart when you wake up and when you sleep at night, then do so. And then he says to me, oh my son, and this is from my sunnah. This is from my way. And whoever revives my sunnah, then he has loved me. And whoever has loved me will be with me in paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in paradise. Allahumma ameen. So let's talk about this inshallah ta'ala. It's such a beautiful narration that we have to break it down from start to finish inshallah ta'ala. Number one, the Prophet ﷺ speaking to him, giving him heartfelt advice. He loves him. He cares about him. And this is advice that has a certain level of seriousness to it. That this is life advice for your spirituality to excel in this life and in the hereafter. But the second part of this, when you wake up in the morning and when you sleep at night. Now, subhanAllah, there are uh, numerous narrations and stories about sleeping at night and making sure that you purify your heart when you sleep at night. But, you know, this one actually mentions how you wake up as well. And if you realize in our deen, there is an emphasis always on the beginnings and on the endings, right? That you start your day right and you end your day right. There is athkar al-sabah and athkar al-masa, the morning remembrances and the evening remembrances. There is what you say when you sleep, you know, and then what you say when you wake up. You go to sleep uh, saying Allah, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bismik Allahumma amutu ahya, that in your name, O oh Allah, I... Uh, I, I live and I die. And then you wake up in the morning, Alhamdulillah, uh, that all praises be to the one who gave us life after death and to him is the ultimate uh, return. So you have the beginning, you have the end. You have the morning remembrance, you have the evening remembrance. You have what should come to your heart and to your tongue as soon as you open your eyes and what should come to your heart and your tongue as soon as you close your eyes. 
So you wake up and you start the day right. You start your morning right by setting your priorities properly, by focusing your heart on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and removing anything that's going to be a distraction from having that focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then at night, you, you make it a point to actively remove grudges from your heart. The best way this can be achieved is to actually make dua for the person, to pray for the person. And to uh, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness for them and goodness for them. So every morning and every night, you actively purify your heart of those grudges. And then this part here, oh my son, this is from my sunnah. When you think about the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and all of the sunnah is blessed and all of the sunnah is relevant, none of it is to be discarded, not that which is major nor that which is minor. It is all the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When you think about the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Think about this being a part of his sunnah, removing grudges. And imagine what it was like for the Prophet ﷺ to consistently over a course of 23 years welcome people into his community that had done horrible things to him, right? Until the day of his death ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ was welcoming people into his ummah that had killed family members, that had run him out of Mecca, that had put him through all sorts of things that had harmed him in so many different ways. And the Prophet ﷺ is accepting their repentance and accepting them into the community and not mistreating them, nor reminding them of the harm that they committed against him. He has a heart to make dua for them, to pray for them, even in Uhud as they're knocking his teeth out. And he has a heart to not remind them. You know, when, when you think about Yusuf ﷺ, and we talk about how the Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ in stages. And the stories of the previous Prophets, uh, those long surahs, those long stories of the previous Prophets were specifically revealed to the Prophet ﷺ to grant firmness and tranquility to his heart in the midst of his hardest moments, like Surah Yusuf. And when Yusuf ﷺ says to his brothers, there is no blame upon you today. لا تثريب عليكم اليوم. How did the Prophet ﷺ settle that in his own heart to where he carried it to that momentous occasion of Fatah Mecca, of the conquest of Mecca, where he could have held his brothers to account. He could have done to them what they did to him, but instead the Prophet ﷺ repeats what his brother Yusuf repeated. It's settled in his heart when he was still in Mecca being persecuted. It stayed with him when he returned to Mecca as well, and that's what he said. لا تثريب عليكم اليوم right that there is no blame upon you today may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you it's powerful right that this is the sunnah of the Prophet the people that tried to kill him the people that killed his family members the people that persecuted him the people that caused him all sorts of hurt people within the community that might have said things to the Prophet and done things to the Prophet and out of his mercy he did not retaliate or mention it to them and he could have held it in his heart and maybe, you know, give, given a sharper khutbah or a harder task to those people in the community that gave him some harm. But the Prophet ﷺ constantly lets it go. In fact, one of the miracles of the Qur'an and one of the proofs of its divine authorship is how after the slander of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, if this was the Prophet ﷺ authoring the Qur'an and not divine revelation, do you really think it would have been, forgive and show mercy? Pardon, overlook those who have who, who have who have harmed uh, harmed the Messenger Sallallahu with this horrible slander. Don't you want Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to forgive you and show mercy to you? 
If this was a man, alayhi salatu wasalam, who was, as they, they claim, authoring the Qur'an himself and doing it in accordance with his personal goals, wouldn't it have been one of, uh, you know, of a vindictive nature of going after those that harmed him? Rather, it was forgiveness and pardoning and mercy. So you think of the Prophet wasallam, and this is his sunnah, right? This is certainly his sunnah of how he dealt with the people that harmed him in his own community uh, before they came into the community and even those within the community uh, afterwards, maybe unknowingly often and what they might have said or done to the Prophet ﷺ. But he makes it a point ﷺ, to remove anything from his heart against them. He does not want to meet them ﷺ, with hard feelings. He doesn't even want members of his community to tell him things about other members of the community in a way that he might have hard feelings towards them ﷺ. He wants to have a heart that is always salim, that is always at peace with everyone that's around him. And he's making it a point to tell Anas anhu, this is my sunnah. This is how I am. I am not telling you to do something I don't do. And no one has been harmed more than the Prophet ﷺ called names, slandered, persecuted than him. Yet still, he finds it in his heart وسلم, to always forgive people, to have the capacity to forgive them even to the moments of their death. The Prophet had a heart that would have been willing to accept Abu Jahl had Abu Jahl repented and turned back to Allah and sought forgiveness for everything he put the Prophet through. The Prophet had the heart to not only forgive Ikrama ibn Abi Jahl, the son of the Pharaoh of this Ummah, for what he had done himself and what his father had done, but he had the heart to even tell the Muslims to be sensitive to Ikrama by not mentioning his father in ways that are humiliating around him, not calling him Abu Jahl and calling him by name in front of Ikrama radiallahu ta'ala anhu in a way that would hurt his feelings. That was the heart of the Prophet That was not easy. That is part of the ingredient of his qiyam, of his praying at night, and all of the, the things that we read about him, alayhi salatu wasalam, standing in gratitude, weeping at night, prostrating at night, reciting the Qur'an at night, in that solitude with his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu not just something he tells us to do, something he had to do harder than anyone else. And then the Prophet sallallahu says to him, Oh my son, that is my sunnah, and whoever revives my sunnah, faqad ahabbani, as Allah says in Surah Ali Imran, say if you truly uh, love the Prophet then follow the Prophet and Allah will love you back. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all forgiving and all merciful. So the love of the Prophet is connected to the following of the Prophet Sunnah. May Allah allow us to adhere to his Sunnah in every way. Allahumma ameen. And then he says, and whoever loves me shall be with me in paradise. What a great incentive, subhanAllah, that the closest to the Prophet wasallam in Jannah are those who prostrate the most. And prostration is the, the, the hallmark of the Prophet worship, those that stay in a place of sujood. The closest to the Prophet wasallam on the Day of Judgment are those that had the best character and the Prophet ﷺ, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ لِأُتَمِّمَ مَكَارِمِ الْأَخْلَاقِ 
He was only sent to perfect our good character. And so we become more like him when we perfect our character. And the closest to the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment are those that adhere to his sunnah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to adhere to his sunnah in the most holistic way. And the closest to the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment are those who send salawat on him most frequently. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barak ala abdika wa rasulika Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah send his peace and blessings upon him his family, his companions, and allow us to be joined with him in the highest level of Jannah al-Firdaus. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.